Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Fastmail, private, secure, ad-free email hosting that's, guess what, lightning fast. Hence the name, Fastmail. Genius. It's also got a very user-friendly interface. Packages start from less than four bucks a month. You can grab a free 30-day trial plus, get 15% off your first year over at fastmail.com forward slash Timbo. And we're also made possible thanks to the very good guys at 52ways.biz, that's 52ways.biz, which is a free one-day live event that I've got to tell you is filling up fast around Australia and also in Auckland, hosted by small business marketing expert Dale Beaumont for business owners who want more leads, more time, more profit. Grab your free tickets over at 52ways.biz before it's too late. Gelato Messina should not be successful. It lives and breathes one very challenging core value. It pumps the in-store music so loud that you can hardly hear yourself order. And it does collaborations that would appear completely off-brand. But what would I know? Gelato Messina is killing it. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo And welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I am your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. That's exactly what we do around here and have been doing that for 359 episodes. Big show today, Declan Lee, one of the creators of Gelato Messina, Australia's most delicious and coolest gelato chain, joins us to talk about why being a brutally honest brand is very good for business. Resident expert Dale Beaumont from 52 Ways drops in to share another productivity tool. I share another low-cost marketing idea. And we go back into the Small Business Big Marketing Show's vault, revisiting a past episode in which Australia's most infamous baker, Tom O'Toole, literally took over. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Coming up, I've got a great interview with Gelato Messina owner Declan Lee, but I just want to tell you about the Castaway Awards that I was lucky enough, I was honoured to MC last Saturday night in Sydney. Castaway Awards are basically the uh, National Podcasting Awards, and it was the first time they've ever been put out. Put out put on, I should say. That's what I'm trying to say. And a big shout out to Dave Gertler and all his crew who put these awards on. Uh, big effort, Dave. Right off your own bat. Thank you for doing it. And thank you for putting podcasting into the spotlight. Now, 11 categories. There were 35 finalists, 200 podcasters in attendance, and uh, plus Phil Spencer from a wonderful podcast called The Story Club Podcast recorded an episode live. Now, you can head over uh, to castawayawards.com.au to find out who won, and I've got to tell you, it wasn't me. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Some great winners great podcast. Gosh, it was good to see a room full of podcasters. Don't know what you call that. A cluck? A pod, maybe. I don't know. But uh, head over, check out all the winners and plus on smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 359, I'll put a video of the entire event which was streamed live and recorded. <sighs> Life just got a whole lot easier. 
Hi, Dale Beaumont here from 52ways.biz, the best one-day business workshop ever with another productivity tool to make your business life a whole lot easier. So what is the tool that we've got for you today? It is called Pocket. Now, let me set the scene and explain where you would use this particular app. So let's just imagine that you're browsing the web. You come across a really great article that you want to read, but you don't have the time. So what you do is you leave it there and you do this again and again. And sooner or later, you have 10 or 15 or 20 different tabs open for all the things you want to consume later on. Now, then your system crashes and you lose all those articles. Well, not anymore, thanks to a fantastic free tool called Pocket. So the first thing you need to do is install it within your browser, whether that be Safari or Chrome. It's an extension, and when you come across an article you like, you'll click on the pocket button and it will save it for you to read anytime in the future. You can also get this on your smartphone as well. So when you see an article you like, you can again add it to pocket. Then you can log into the app on either your computer or your phone, read all those articles at a time that's convenient for you. You can also consume them offline as well, like when you're flying in the air. Plus, you can also click a button and have those articles read out to you. So you can now consume them on the drive to work. It is a fantastic tool, so you should check it out. There you go. I told you life would get a whole lot easier. This has been Dale Beaumont from 52ways.biz. Now, back to you, Timbo. <sighs> life just got a whole lot easier. Oh, well, there you go. Thanks, Dale, for making our lives a whole lot easier. Pocket's a brilliant tool, and you'll find a link to it over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 359. Speaking of brilliant things, one of my ongoing mantras for small business owners is to never stop learning. So I encourage you to get along to one of Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways live events. Tickets are free and they are going fast. It's eight hours of solid business building content uh, where Dale shares 52 ways to boost your profits. Amazing, right? Uh, You can grab a free ticket for you and a friend now over at 52ways, that's 52ways.biz. Coming up after today's interview, I'll share another low-cost marketing idea that you can implement now. However, let's get stuck into today's guest, who is a successful small business owner who shouldn't be successful. He's breaking all the rules. His name is Declan Lee, and he's one of the co-creators of an amazing gelato experience called Gelato Messina with 17 outlets around Australia and one in Vegas, baby, Vegas. Gelato Messina is the nightclub of ice cream shops. i got to tell you, I was introduced to Declan through past guest Daniel Wilson of Huxterburger. I figured he'd be pretty well connected in the cool food brand category, so I asked him, who should I interview next? And without hesitation, uh, he introduced me to Declan, and thank God. God. The guy's a marketing genius. He might not know it, but trust me, some of the insights and learnings he's about to share with you and I are gold. And a lot of them go against the grain of how successful business is often done. I started off by describing to Declan my first Gelato Messina experience. Now, matey, I've got to tell you a story. Uh, the other night, we had parent-teacher interviews with my beautiful daughter Stephanie. Afterwards, yeah. uh, she got a very she got a glowing report, mate. So she said, "Yeah, yeah great hear. to hear." Uh, we went out to dinner in Chapel Street, South Yarra, and then we wandered down afterwards. She said, "We got to get a gelato Messina," and I go, yeah. "Well, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I'm interviewing <laughs> the founder of it uh, next week, <laughs> mate." We were walking towards your store. And I said, Steph, gee, that music's loud. Where's that coming from? She goes, I think it's coming from Gelato Messina. We got there. It was like the nightclub of ice cream shops. That's what we want to hear. Yep, perfect. <laughs> I, My the, plan. The, the, the people behind the counter were dancing. People were coming right. in dancing. I kid you not, and I took a video of this, which I'm going to put in the show notes. There was about, <laughs> on a cold Melbourne night, there was about 15 people in there smashing down your product as if it was the last ice cream they were ever going to eat. My plan, it's coming together. My evil plan. I love it. What a fantastic experience, mate. Well done. Um, Thank you very much. You have been doing it now for 15 years. What? Well, I haven't. Nick, Nick uh, my business partner, has. Um, it's one of those funny things, you know, this, this title that people say I'm one of the founders is a bit of a furphy because um, 
Yeah, it was actually founded about 15 years by Nick, who's my business partner, but a very different brand. It looked different. He had different business partners, and it was a completely different beast. It had a wholesale business um, and some retail outlets, and it's a very, very long story, but they sold off the retail outlets. They all went bust, and then he took one store back in about 2006 and basically started the process again, and it's kind of in that period between 2006, 2009 that his brother... head chef and myself came on board and and built the business to what it is today and I think that's kind of why people use that term you know strictly speaking I can't say that I'm one of those that's okay man but but, 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 okay that's really interesting so you've come in though in that in that 2006 2009 and seen something seen an opportunity that wasn't being optimized fair is that fair to say I'd love to say that was fair, but in some ways it's also not. The honest truth is we just fell together, right? We, Nick and I and his brother Danny owned a restaurant together with, with uh, another guy. Um, I was in the music game. I used to put on music festivals, and, and to be honest, like every other festival promoter around 2009, 2010, everyone lost everything. Right. It was a market that got squeezed. And I was essentially looking for something to do, and we just hung out. And, and I was just using social media for food in a way that not many people were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I did that was because I came from a festival background. So right time, right place, a little bit of skill. <laughs> what, what was um, the opportunity that you saw, Declan? You know, it's, it's, it, it sounds so simple now, but, you know, we had this opportunity to use social media to build a community. And people weren't really doing it with food. We did it a lot in music. Um, because we had no choice. But with food, it was all about, you know, getting reviews in Sydney Morning Herald or wherever it was um, in publications, and that's how you built your business, apart from word of mouth, of course. Um, and we had this opportunity to build community through social media, and we did that. But you, um, it's all very well to build a community, but you've got to have a good product. It's absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, to this day, always say that I could never do my job without the product that gets produced by Nick and Donnie, um, and I don't think the business would be what it is without our twist on the kind of the marketing or the brand side of it as well. I okay. think we just, there was a perfect storm of people that came together Beautiful. at a time in their lives that worked. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's just talk about that. It's great product. Like, let's give the big tick of approval. Everyone listening, yeah. go to Gelato Messina's website if you can't get to a store and just see the incredible product. But w- what is it about the experience that, you know, I had an amazing time there. I said to Steph, we were going to just grab uh, a gelato and head back to the car. We sat yeah. there and it was, it was, it was quite absorbing. It was like, yeah. um, w- w- what, what have you done there? Look, we... Again, it was there was no grand plan, but I um, it was just this thing where none of us really liked this concept of a really bright fluorescent light kitty based ice cream store. It just wasn't what we liked, and we I think we always thought that if the lighting was right and the mood was right, you would attract everyone. And I the music thing came from me, right, from yeah. my background as a DJ and music festivals, and it was just this outlet. We just liked house music and I liked underground house music and mm-hmm. so I used to do the playlists and then when we were at stores in the night when certainly when we worked it there was we just wanted it to feel a bit like a party we didn't want it to feel so out of control that you didn't want to step in the door but we did want it to be fun and it just turned into this place where you could it does it feels like an ice cream I, nightclub I, it know? does and i tell you what i am um, being the old man that i am um yeah. I, I said to St- when the lady took our order i said what did you say i can't hear you yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I could not hear her she couldn't hear me uh, and yet it's like you're and walking does, oh, that does piss a few people off but it, it, it also it's one of those things it's like when you're in a nightclub you can't hear anything either and you get you, by and you, you get, get used by. to it and and and, and you know i think y- your motives yeah. are a bit different at the nightclub this is true. This is true. Look, look. I think there's a limit. Sometimes the music is too loud, and sometimes you know the, the kids that, that work for us maybe do push it a bit too hard. And we don't want that to be the case. You know, I don't want yeah. a, uh, a, a little granny coming in from wherever, go walking into that store and thinking, "Oh God, this is awful." Um, I wanted to walk in and go, you know, it might not be totally her taste, but 
she can walk in and go, oh, this is actually kind of fun. She's not going to walk in, mate. Come on, Declan. There are some people who are just not going to walk in. Which is interesting. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about polarising people because as much as every business owner wants every single person to walk into their store or to buy from them, I think that's being unrealistic unless you're Coca-Cola, right, Um, which is just a generic brand. But how do you – what's your view on polarisation? that polarizing to be honest i mean you may not want to come in at night time but you come in today and the reason that i know that is because i we know our customers you know we we have customers that have been with us for a long time and we got we you know little jewish grandmothers from from bellevue hill in sydney to to you know students to um school students to high school students and i think there's a pretty good mix across the board. There's, like I said, there's occasionally people that just don't like it, and that's with any business, you know. Like it's like the quality of what we do. You know, we we make a really superior product, and and I, I won't. I'm telling you now, the way we make it is not like anyone else, really, mm. in the world. No one bothers to do what we do. Now, it doesn't mean you like it. Not everyone is into it, but. At least we do what we say we're going to do, and and I think it's the same. You know, we, we stick to our guns, and most people are into it. And so, if so, you don't, then that's okay as well. Okay, okay, that's cool. So um, now I've heard many business owners say we have a superior product, and I, yeah. I know you genuinely believe it. What, what do you mean? Well, we go to great lengths to make the product that we make, um, and again, it's not us saying we're we're better than anyone else. It's just that this is the process that we like and we enjoy and we feel very proud of. So we have 40 flavours in the cabinet and not one thing in that cabinet or any of those recipes is pre-made. Not one thing. Or every single gelato in there is a recipe of our own. Now, I can tell you every gelato store says that they do all this stuff and they say, we use our fresh fruit and nothing but natural ingredients and blah, 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 blah. And it's not always true. They, they, they can't possibly do it because they don't do the volume that we do. Now, some people make from recipes and some do a combination of both, but we make everything from scratch. I think there's only two things that we don't make from scratch, and that's a biscuit that goes in the tiramisu called a ladyfinger biscuit mm-hmm. and an amoretti biscuit because we can't make them as good as someone else can. And you've just done a collab with a col- is that right? collaboration with Tim yep. Tam. Yeah, so that's a separate thing, right? So that that, that is... That, that's slightly odd for us. Yeah, um, I, I thought so too. Yeah, but, you know, that's, we like doing things like that. We like doing slightly odd things. You know, we've, we've done weird things in the past, and that was one of these opportunities where this huge brand that we all loved yeah. um, came to us. It felt quite commercial for us. Yeah, I thought you were selling out. I said, I said to Steph, yeah. um, well, I, I, I said, I think you've got it wrong. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing that you say that, because we knew that that might be... Uh, you know, a comment on some people's lips, and and we thought about it long and hard, and thought, are we are we selling out? And then, you know, the thing is, it's not. We 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 decided that we all like Tim Tams, right? Mm-hmm. We had this great opportunity where an amazing brand that is in most people's houses came to us and said, we really like what you guys do, and we would like to do four flavors that are based around your gelatos. Mm-hmm. And we thought about it and went, you know what? It's a really it's a, it's an honour for a brand that's of that size to come to us and go, we really like what you do and we're going to brand them with your branding and we'd like you to help us develop the flavours. And, and true to their word, we developed the flavours with them. We didn't just sit on the sidelines, we actually developed them with them. And, and it was a really great experience. And, of course, you run the risk of people thinking you sell out. But what are we selling out to? I mean, we don't make any money from it. We, we don't get paid for it. See, so I would have thought... Um, I would have thought that... Sh- I think Tim Tam should be honoured to be associated with Gelato Messina. And I know I sound like a fanboy, but I, I, what I mean by that is, like... They're the ones looking for the, the street cred, cred right? Right. Um, right? I would have thought that should have been a sponsorship. You know, I would have thought you guys should be paid to take on Tim Tam. Seriously. Maybe you should, maybe you should call them. I, <laughs> um, look, I, we certainly had to do, you know, I want to go into details, but mm. it was certainly, you know, part of the conversation. But in the end, the decision was that we both decided it was, a, it was mutually beneficial. For sure, Tim Tam was looking for... A, a less commercial collab where they got a bit of street cred. Mm-hmm. And we had this opportunity to put our brand out into 
cities and markets and states where we have no existence whatsoever, including, you know, places like South Australia and, and Perth and, 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 and whatever. And we, we thought to ourselves, well, let's take the punt. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that the content that we produce about it, because we make our own content here, and when I say content, I mean videos and photos and all okay. that sort of stuff. And we thought we can direct it and we can have a say in how it's branded. We can have a say in how it's messaged. And we thought, let's take a punt. Let's see, let's see how this goes. And, and it's been a great experience, to be honest. And, and we haven't had too many people say to us, it's, you know, it, it's, we have not had many negative comments about it, to be honest. Yeah, cool. Um, and we're already talking to them about doing another year with them. So. Wow. No, yeah. What's yeah. next, mate? Fanta flavoured orange uh, orange gelatin? <laughs> <laughs> well, we never, we never say no to... to like, Correct. I love, I, well, I just love, you know, we have so many opportunities come to us. You know, we, we did a, um, a really interesting project with um, Airwick last year, and when they came to us, I just went... Sorry, no way I'm doing... A toilet, toilet freshener? Correct. Correct. And they came to us, and I actually said to the agency, there's no way. And they said, please, just hear us out. I said, of course, we'll always listen. And they told us what the project was, and they gave us carte blanche on making, changing flavoured desserts for some media things. And it was a really interesting experience where we got to work with a food technologist, and so we said, yes. We went, yeah, okay, let's do it. So just to be clear, you don't have a toilet freshener flavoured gelato in the mix? Not at the moment, no. Not at the moment? Never say never. never. (laughs) (laughs) But it was an interesting project where we got to push the boundaries of what we do, and it was about working with a food technologist that showed us how we could suspend certain things in, you know, certain liquids. We, we talked about how we can make a, um, a food experience change as it, as it changes in your mouth. And it was just really interesting foodie stuff. And we thought, you know what, I don't care. I don't care if it's our work. They've got vision. They saw us as um, a leader in what we do, and they want to work with us. So I said, yes. Interesting. Hey, listeners, I am talking to Declan Lee, one of the co-founders um, of Gelato Messina. If you haven't been there, you've got to try it. Um, Declan, I, I want to talk to you about this whole uh, concept of honesty in business. I just have a couple more questions um, about the business. One is you, you don't take cards. What's that about? Do you know, believe it or not, as of today, we are taking cards <laughs> right, everywhere. next, beauty. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know what you know. It's one of those funny things. I, I get asked about it all the time, and everyone just thinks we're sticking cash under our bed, but we're not. It's just it was traditionally the fastest way to transact. Yep. Obviously, that's changed now, um, and we just got the way that our counters work. We don't have much room, and I, it's it's a part laziness. It's part that we don't like paying banks. Fees yep. to do very small transactions. You know, most of our transactions are under ten bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did the numbers, and it would cost us a lot of money. But the, the time has come where we've, we've just got to do it. And in fact, I think all the machines arrive today. There you go. So. Um, you're in <laughs> Vegas. You have a store in Vegas. We do. What's we that do. about? Oh, it's a really good question. Um, yeah, we had an opportunity to go over there with some guys who were opening another food um, outlet from Australia. And um, they they got us involved. We met the people over there. Um, it cut a long story short. It was it was opportunistic, and we thought, you know what, someone else was going to back it. We thought we could control it, and um, it was a great experience to open a store in another territory because you learn so many lessons. Um, there's a there's a but coming. There's a but. No, look, I don't. It, it was in the wrong place, location wise. It wasn't on the strip, and it's it's sort of out west and. You know, we were told a few porky pies by the developers right. out there where they built this huge shopping centre that has, you know, an Apple store and Victoria's Secret and Macy's and all this stuff. And we thought, oh, they've all done their research. And they didn't build any of their residence, uh, residential, so it hasn't uh, worked out terribly well. Ghost town. Um, yeah, it is a bit of a ghost town, but, you know, again, you learn lessons. Like, that would never happen here. But in Vegas... I, I like I like the way you ha- clearly have a mindset around opportunities. Like I think some business Absolutely. owners are closed. You know, you, you could quickly go no before you say yes, but like he, hear you out. You have to you have to look at everything, and I think that's the beauty of of, of what we do. We, we don't have um, these set rules about how we do business, and you know. Really good, you know. We get agencies come to us all the time and say, "Oh, we could really help you tighten up your branding." You know, <laughs> it's a bit loose here, and it's, been, it's like, "Yeah, it's loose. 
it's really loose, and that's the way we like it because there's not that many rules, which means we can do more things. See, I, 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 I'm going to argue that. I mean, I guess agencies, because they want to come and work with you guys and branding's what they do and everyone should do it, but you say your branding's loose. Loose is just a way of branding. doesn't mean all brands have to be tight. But that's right. Look, I haven't been to all your stores, but I'm going to guess it's a pretty similar experience. Your logo is. visually is represented the same. Your customer experience is the same. So It is generally, yeah. So you're I mean, not that loose? It, no, but, you know, from these, you know, agency and, and designers and so forth, they look at it and they go, oh, this logo appears here and it's on the wrong background and <laughs> it shouldn't be here and it should not appear over the top of this. And, and I, can, I get it. Like, if you want consistency, there, there should be some sort of rules around it. But at the same time, it also opens you up to doing things that don't make any sense at all. And we like that. Interesting. So they're kind of trying to force you to be a Ben and Jerry's when clearly you want to be um, Gelato yeah. Messina. And, and we're really lucky that we don't we don't have investors, we don't have financiers sitting on our back telling us how to do stuff. We just do what we want to do and, yeah. and we like it. So. Um, Declan, let's talk about honesty because when I spoke to you last yeah. week and we were talking about this interview and I said, you know, what's the one thing you really uh, are quite passionate about? You said, well, we, ju- we have just one core value in our business and it is honesty. And I know I said to you at the time, um, well, I think we both agree that having a whole lot of core values and printing them up on the wall is boring and no one reads them or adheres to them. But I would also argue that honesty, hey, hang on, that's just a ticket to the game because if you're not honest, then you're not in business. So how does honesty play out? Well, you know, that's an interesting, you know, when you say we don't have these core values and we certainly don't. I don't write them anywhere. I certainly don't tell anyone that that's our core value. We just try and impart it on our staff everywhere that we go, um, whether it's in the kitchen, my marketing team or, you know, in the stores. It is overriding and overarching core value that the way that we make our product is really honest. If we're saying we're using the best product from somewhere, we use the best nuts or we use the best quality milk or whatever, we do that. Um, if we say that we don't, you know, put any, if we make everything from scratch, we make everything from scratch. And sometimes that's a harder and more expensive way to do it. But it also is across the board of how we treat customers, for example. So I really hate when you go into a retail experience or a food experience and something goes wrong and the the, 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 the staff member tries to you know, gloss over the thing and pretend that they know what's in the gelato, for example. Mm-hmm. We say to our staff, if you don't know what's in it and there's an allergy question, tell them you don't know and go to your supervisor. If someone, if you make a mistake, apologise to the customer and tell them you're going to fix it. Like, it's not, it's this real, it's just a conversational kind of attitude toward customer service. And when someone complains to us, if something's been done wrong, we will apologise profusely and go, how do we fix this? If we've done something right and they're just a whinger, I'm going to say to them in the politest possible man- manner, stop whinging, everything's okay, and don't speak to us like that. And it's, it's a conversational thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, we, we try and treat our customers and our staff in the same way that we would treat friends. And, and it comes down to if you, if you have a good friend, I think I said this to you, to you the other day, if you've got a good friend and they lie to you and they get caught out, from that moment on, you don't trust a thing that they say. Mm-hmm. And we take the same attitude with our business. As soon as we start lying to people or pretending we're something that we're not and we get caught out, no one's going to trust us ever again. And that's a hard line to, to stay on, I think. But we try our hardest to do it. Mate, I love it. How do you uh, get that into staff members? Do you induct them? Do you give them the booklet? Yeah. Do they? What do you do? Yeah, a bit of both, but I think mostly it comes from top down. You know, I think we have great managers mm-hmm. um, and our philosophy and sort of policy on hiring managers is always what comes first is their attitude toward the brand and the business and everything else can be taught. What do you, you look for? Off. What do you look for? Just you know, people that are just not twits, you know, that, that, that can that, that can deal with a situation with a bit of emotional, you know, intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want people managers that just have this sort of cookie cutter approach to how to deal with people. They need to be able to understand the situation, understand when something's wrong or when something's right, defend staff when they need to, or not defend staff when they need to. Um, it, it, 
comes from those guys, which then comes from us. Mm-hmm. And we do induct staff and we try and teach them about the business, but it comes from working in the store and and, and these people understanding how we how we do business and how we treat people. So you it's not uh, rocket science. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's just kind of just being human by the sounds of it. That's it's right. um, it is. 100%. You, you, there must be some really honest conversations that you have with staff and that staff have with customers every now and then. Absolutely. And we have how know, refreshing. things like so policies of like we used to have this not an issue, but sometimes people would come in and they'd ask to taste different flavours. And when they would start, some people asked to taste 10 flavours and some of our staff would get a little bit peeved. And we would say to them, what do you care? It's our gelato and you're getting paid the same amount of money. Just look after them. Make sure that they're happy, you know? It doesn't, it's no skin off your nose. And as soon as they get the go-ahead, they think, oh, it's okay. If it's okay with them, it's okay with me and they're happy all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and, and I've got to tell you, that sampling thing, the, the girl who served me the other night was so good, I wish I'd got a name because I then could yeah. kind of tell you and you could give her a big hug. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like I, I was umming and ahhing because everything looks so unreal. There are so yeah. many just tantalising flavours, and she knew that I was completely confused and just kept on handing... She saw what I was looking at. It was, she was handing me samples. I think I might have tried 10 different samples. Yeah. And uh, well, We don't have a problem with that. And we have this, you know, when it's busy, it's a bit of a mosh pit, and we don't have a queue yeah. that is like a, a sequential queue because of that reason, right? So she can continue giving you flavours and then yep. serve the guy behind you because he knows he wants salted caramel white chocolate yep. and then come back to you. And she can keep going through the, the queue um, and not holding up too much. Now, people think it is a completely unorganised mosh pit, but there is a little bit of madness, uh, a it. sense to our madness. Organised chaos. Uh, organised just, chaos. Just between you and I, Declan, I had the salted caramel white chocolate. Um, uh, did you? And the, yeah, banana, you the banana something or other, freshy banana or something. Oh, no, the banana fosters. Yeah, yeah, it was great, mate. So, hey, listen, going back to the honesty thing, um, you said that you couldn't find the best, I think you told me you couldn't find the best hazelnuts or the best milk. Am I right in saying you've bought a hazelnut farm and you've bought a dairy farm and you've got 100 Jersey cows to get your own milk? We have so far so good, yeah. Um, look, it, again, it was one of these things that we never really planned on. The hazelnut thing, you know, every, everyone says that they buy the best hazelnuts in the world from um, from um, a, a place called Bronte in Italy, uh, um, uh, Piemonte, sorry, and the pistachios from Bronte. And, and we were getting these nuts in and we were roasting them ourselves and we got the volume and we were getting the, the, the nuts the uh, nut producers to make the paste for us and it just sometimes it just wasn't cutting it for us and then this opportunity came for a hazelnut farm and again to cut a long story short we found a variety of hazelnut that we could grow here that we roasted and we went we can make a great paste out of this and it was equally if not better than the best hazelnut that we had got from overseas and so we bought a hazelnut farm Um, and the same thing happened with dairy you know the dairy farmers were getting slaughtered Mm-hmm. And an opportunity came up, and we thought, you know what, we don't, we don't have to be dairy farmers. We can be milk producers and people that value add to a milk product. And so suddenly, it's really different to us. We don't, we're not the guy that needs to get the highest money that they can get at the farm gate because we just produce milk. Mm-hmm. We just need to produce milk in the best way that we can, and then we take it, we sell some of it at the farm gate, and the rest we turn into gelato we value add to it and so we thought that was a really interesting thing to do to maybe become dairy farmers and it has been interesting we've been testing things out Uh, we've got a great business partner in melbourne who's suddenly become a dairy farmer and instead of milking the cows three times a day and stressing them out they're milking them once once a day and we're finding that the fat content is higher um you know, we're, we're moving into organic farming practices, so they're completely grass-fed, um, and they're milked once a day. So as good as we can get it, we're trying to make our farming practices equally as good as our production process. Can, can you Which imagine... Um, I can almost imagine... You get, you've got a hazelnut farm, you've got a dairy farm. Is there maybe something in the future where the Gelato Messino brand extends into some kind of experience where you, you go and hang out for a day? At, yeah. At a theme park? Absolutely. I mean, we already do it at the factory where you you can come in and do gelato classes, and we we were already talking about it. Um, We we would love to do something where you had whatever, an events um, centre and place on the farm where you could go around, do all that, and then we showed you 
how we produce gelato at the farm gate. You know what I mean? But you might be the Willy Wonka of gelato. I hope that we will be. I mean, we love that stuff. Look, we didn't buy a dairy farm and a hazelnut farm thinking... We weren't thinking, oh, vertical integration, we can save money. Mm. We didn't do that at all. We just thought, oh, wow, we could, we, could, we could get the best milk we can, we can get the best hazelnuts we can, and it'll probably cost us money, but the rest of our business is great, and if it doesn't work out, we can sustain it, and worst-case scenario, we sell it. It feels like so, Gelato Messina, the, the success of the brand is not going to be judged on profit uh, because it just like your, your ice creams aren't that much more, if any, ex- more expensive than your competitors, no. but no, it feels like your... Do that. Well, it feels like production costs are higher. They're, they're super high. Super they're high. Okay, high. so like, what's success it, judged on? Look... You know, we're in it to, to make money from the business, but we're, you know, we, the, the, the outlook for this business isn't we want to build it up, get it to a point where you can cut costs and then sell it to private equity. We want to leave it to our kids. Nice. So it's, it's a very different way of thinking about your business. Then they can we sell it to private in. equity. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, yeah, probably. And if they do, they do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. for our generation... Um, so the four of us who are all sort of in our early 40s, we're like, we've all got small kids. And we're like, well, let's build a business that we're proud of. We'll build a business that we can leave to our kids. And what happens after that happens. Um, nice. And I think that's an interesting way to look at your business. And I think that in some ways builds a business that has even greater value. And mm. we've, we've, always, we've always had this philosophy where you be- make the best product that you can and it might cost you a little bit more. But that will get people coming in and buying your product over other products and you drive volume, right? So our margins might not be as high as a franchise operation. Uh In fact, I can tell you now they're nowhere near. But we do a lot more volume than a lot of those franchise operations. And for us, it's a difference. Declan, um, just to finish up, mate, so you mentioned social media early, you, earlier. You create content, video, photos. A lot of business owners are struggling with social media. What's your philosophy and, and how do you approach it? Um, again, it's kind of honesty. You know, you, the reason we have a lot of um, fodder for making content is because we make everything ourselves. So when we do an, a, a big event, um, and we make all these products for night noodle markets and we might do deep fried ice cream balls and all this sort of stuff. I've got two guys here that are sort of videographers and photographers that work for me full time hmm. and they can go in the factory at the time when they're making it and they can film it and they get it on camera and we can then edit it and post that and it's exactly what we're making. Hmm. If you don't make that product yourself and you buy a product in and it comes in tins and then you put it in a churn and you you got nothing to film. You don't have content. So you just see what I mean. If you, if you don't have anything to talk about, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> my philosophy is don't make it up, right? Don't, so, so you've got... Don't, you, you, no, don't make it up. Uh, you, you be honest, right? Back to honesty, yeah. that core value. You've got you, so you've got two guys. You've got a photographer. You've got a videographer. They're they're, they're localized, so they're up in Sydney. Do you give yeah. your staff permission to post? How does it? What's yeah. the conversation look like? Yeah, you know what we we've got to this point now where we they most people know exactly what we're about. They work in the store, so we've done this thing recently where we've done a Snapchat takeover in all the stores, and our managers and so forth have taken over Snapchat for the weekend and posted stuff. Hmm. Um, and that works for us. You know, they, there's, not, there's no rules. Just don't be offensive and don't be stupid, you know. Um, it's supposed to be fun. So it, it kind of works for us. See, there's business owners <laughs> listening to that, and I, I know what your answer to this is, but they're going, you've let your staff take over <laughs> the brand Snapchat. But again, you've had. It's all about honesty. You've had the conversation. They, they, they you yeah. know, like people aren't. Some would say people are stupid. Let's agree that people aren't stupid. You know what? If they're stupid, they go. They're correct. You know, yeah. they don't hang around long. Yeah. They, you know, they either like what we do and they hang around. And if they don't like what we do, you, you kind of weed them out pretty quick. So, so um, um, the, the Snapchat. Just, uh, just we haven't had a Snapchat conversation on this show. So the guys mm. are because not everyone could be in that account. So what do you do? Do you give one person in one store access? Yeah. So we, you know, everyone's got a smartphone, we've got iPads in the store, so all we do is we give them the login details mm-hmm. um, and they take it over for the weekend. 
And I actually love it. <laughs> I just, you know, they just go around taking videos of all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun because they've all got different personalities as well. You know, we've got a manager in Bondi and he's a real character. Yeah. And his Snapchat weekend was just <laughs> it was gold, absolutely gold. And other people, they're not as, you know, flamboyant and they'll just take yeah. videos of the specials and do sorts of stuff, but that's okay as well. It's just, it's, it's really nice to see their their characters come out through that platform. It's nice. Uh, just to finish up, Declan, what's the one thing that you've done, uh, you or your partners have done within the Gelato Messina brand that's really taken it to another level? I think the thing that we're, look, we're proud of, I think we're quite proud of what we do and we're, you know, I think the, the proudest thing we've done is the creative department, which is um, we do it in Sydney four nights a week at, um, the, at a store right next to our Darlington store. And we, we're doing it in Melbourne, I think, this week and next. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, sorry, I got those dates all wrong. We've got a two-week period coming up where yeah. we just move the whole thing there. And it's all plated desserts. It's a, it's a six- to seven-course degustation that goes for about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and the dishes are... How can I explain it? It, it challenges you. It, you know, we do things with gelato and savoury products that you never thought you would ever do. Um, garlic and vanilla gelato. You think you're this you Heston do. bloke? Is that where you're headed? Yeah, it is, it is a little bit like that, but not as. It doesn't have to be as theatrical. We just challenge how things go together. So we might do dessert with potato in them. We might do dessert with fennel. We've done stuff with beetroot. Now. It might, it might, you know, there are other chefs that do that mm-hmm. stuff as well, but for us it's about challenging ourselves and making sure that we push the boundaries of how certain products fit together. So can I just understand that concept? You are inviting people in to your store of an evening to try a six-course yeah, no, degustation? It's, it's, a, it's a seated thing. So, in so you've got about four people in there? Well, in, in Sydney we have one store next to Darlinghurst and it has a one table for eight people. <laughs> right. And we do two, two sittings a night. In Melbourne, we do it at the back of our Windsor store. We've got a separate yeah, right. little um, dining room, and that fits eight people in there as well in a little kitchen. Um, and you sit down and you do a seven-course degustation, and it yeah, goes for about two hours. Interesting you answer this, uh, because my question to you was, what's that one thing that you've done in the business that's taken it to another level, which I guess I was expecting, oh, we did this and we made an extra million bucks, but you've kind of gone to this nice little micro kind of idea that has just given you another way of looking at the business and, and product yeah, creation. It's funny. Like, I don't know if that was the right answer to say. As soon as you said that, all I could think of, what is the proudest thing that yeah, we've done? Yeah, cool. It's, it, it, it's not where did we make the most money. Yep. It was always where did we really push the boundaries, and I think that's it. You know, we've done some really good event stuff. We did, you know, gelato classes are really cool as well. We, we do heaps of stuff that we're really proud of, and, and I think if you... If you do stuff that you're proud of and that you do really well, the money comes. You know, the success comes after that. Can I have I a think. job? Can I have a job at Gelato Messina? Mate, I'd love to have you. Here. Thank you, mate. I love to have you. <laughs> What's your skipping skills like? Can you skip? Yeah, it's one for me, two for them. Uh, sorry, two for me, one for <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. like that's cool. It's honesty, you know. <laughs> Hey, Declan, I love it, mate. Thank you for taking us behind the scenes of Gelato Messina, and um, I'm going to grab one now. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. There you go, team. Gelato Messina's Declan Lee. If you'd like to see the video of myself and my daughter at a Gelato Messina store recently, head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 359. It'll give you an insight into exactly what we were talking about. Absolutely fantastic. Hey, coming up, I share my top five. Yeah, I know. Normally top three. Top five attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Declan. Plus, I've got another low-cost marketing idea for you. But first, here's a little something that I think you're going to like. This show is lovingly supported by Fastmail, an insanely secure, ad-free email hosting service for that beautiful business of yours. I asked Fastmail's operations engineer, a.k.a. lead geek, Rob Norris, what part of Fastmail geeks him out the most? 
push notifications actually, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but uh, but you know, an email arrives and then you know my desktop client and my phone both have the email there, sort of you know within seconds. And I, I worked on a lot of that uh, sort of the infrastructure to make all that happen. And so I know how kind of complicated it is. So it gives me a little thrill every time I say, yeah, you know, all of that stuff's working, and I'm getting my email like straight away. Fast mail, where little thrills make a big difference. Packages start from less than four dollars a month. And you can grab a free 30-day trial plus 15% off your first year over at fastmail.com forward slash Timbo. And a big, big welcome to Fastmail. Fantastic to have you guys on board. Now, my top three, in fact, top five, yeah, attention grabbers, thanks to 52ways.biz, a fantastic one-day business building event hosted by Dale Beaumont and Fastmail, private, secure, ad-free email hosting, Attention grabber number one, the Gelato Messina Honesty Policy. In fact, the idea of having and absolutely living the one core value throughout every part of the business, I think is really admirable. Especially during my years in corporate, I'd come across so many businesses that paid only lip service to four, five, maybe even six core values that were nothing more than motherhood statements. Attention grabber number two, Declan's unwavering belief in his product. I love it. It seems obvious that all small business or all business owners really should have this. However, it's not always the case. What was quite amazing was that this belief clearly trickles down to all the staff who, from what I observed the other night, were extremely proud to be serving up that gelato. Attention grabber number three, no set rules about doing business. Now, theoretically, a cool independent brand like Gelato Messina shouldn't collaborate with a mass brand like Tim Tam, but they did, and it's worked. Attention grabber number four, Declan's openness to all opportunities. Loved it. It felt like he's always looking for a reason to say yes and not no. And last but certainly not least, attention grabber number five... Honesty with customers. You you know that saying, the customer's always right? Well, maybe they're not. Maybe sometimes we need to have honest conversations with customers that are causing our staff or our business pain. Clearly, Declan thinks so. Hey, what grabbed your attention? Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 359 is where I would love you to scroll down to the bottom of that page and let me know. It's now time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you could implement immediately. One that won't cost a fortune, that won't just generate you more awareness, it'll generate you more inquiry and ultimately more sales. I call today's idea the welcome email. Clever, isn't it? First impressions are everything, right? These days, you have to spend as much time nurturing new relationships and building loyalty in the digital world as you do in the physical world. Consumers want to buy from companies that make them feel like they're getting the same hands-on personal experience and attention online as they would if they were actually walking into the business and meeting face-to-face. When you take the time to send every new customer a personalised welcome email, it not only gives you that opportunity to start building a new relationship, which, which has got to be a good idea, it also gives you the chance to give new customers that personal human touch they still look for when interacting with a business they haven't bought from before. So here's my three steps to creating a welcome email that'll do just that. Step one, decide what you want your welcome email to say, how you want it to make your new customers feel and what you want it to achieve. This is your one chance to make a solid first impression. Step two, craft your welcome email in your email client. I use ActiveCampaign, but there's plenty out there. And step three, automate the process so you don't have to manually send out a welcome email every time a new customer comes on board. Your email provider will have detailed steps on how to do that. And here's the pro tip. Make it a text-only email and not one of those flashy newslettery things, eh? 
I'm sure I really don't like those. In my opinion, they look like catalogues wanting to sell you something. Your welcome email should look as personal as possible, as if it's come directly from you. Now head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 359 where you'll find some additional resources to help you create your welcome email, including a really cool blog post that shares 21 inspiring examples of welcome emails. And if you'd like help implementing any of the marketing ideas I share in this segment, and there's been 24 so far, go ahead and join the Small Business Big Marketing Club over at crankmymarketing.com where I'll personally support you daily on your marketing journey. So, what have you got to lose? Well, that almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, but don't worry, there's plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead, including one of the most inspiring chats I've ever had with a business owner. Yeah, I know, big call. Hey, do you remember that chat I had with Australia's most infamous baker, Tom O'Toole, from Beechworth Bakery? (laughs) It's certainly my top three of most talked about episodes. You know, happy customers come back. How profound. I'm as sick as a brick, but happy customers come back. How profound. Give them a bloody reason to come back. Give them a reason. Happy customers. Give them a bloody reason to come back. Oh, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little bit extra. How often can we do that little bit extra and we don't bother? That return phone call, that smile, that thank you. It's the little things. It's the little things that make the big difference. Yet we're all out there looking for that big fix, that bloody rainbow up our ass. It's a little thing. It's, it's like the bloody racehorse that wins. It gets 10 times more than money. Is it 10 times faster, 50 cents faster, 25? It's, no, it's that tiny, tiny, tiny... Tiny, 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 little, 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 little. It's a little. The difference between ordinary... Who wants to be known as Mick Ordinary? It's that little bit extra, that little bit extra. (laughs) Seriously, go and have a listen to that interview now. You'll never be the same business owner again, I promise you. You'll find it plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on iTunes. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. Tim at timreid, reid.com.au, or maybe you'd like to join the Small Business Big Marketing Facebook page where I share the lighter side of marketing. Be sure to grab your free seat at Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways events that will be touring Australia and New Zealand in May, June and August this year. I'll certainly be heading to the Melbourne one. Simply go to 52, that's 52ways.biz, and grab your seat now as they are filling up fast. And check out Fast Mail. Go on. Fastmail, love it. Private, secure, ad-free email hosting that's lightning fast. It's also got a very cool user interface. Grab a free 30-day trial plus get a listener-exclusive 15% off your first year over at fastmail.com forward slash Timbo. Packages start from a ridiculously low under $4 per month. Got to love that. If you love the Small Business Big Marketing Show, then let another business owner know about it. In fact, grab their phone and download it onto their phone immediately. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reid. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. (laughs) 